0: hockey pdo cast my name is dimitri filipovich and joining me on today's show is my good pal andy mcneil andy what's going on fellow hey nothing just
1: uh in the nhl as usual and um, trying to trying to make my way through this busy tuesday but um liking liking what i'm seeing so far it's been a fun start to the season
0: it has yeah so we had a blast chatting a couple weeks ago we had uh we had dom on and uh we bounced around some ideas back and forth it was right before the season was set to kick off for real uh, on the first busy night of action and so i wanted to have you back on now that we've had about two weeks worth of games to catch up on some stuff here i thought it would be a useful exercise for us today to kind of just bounce around the league and talk about some relevant trends we've noticed from the first two weeks how much of it we're buying um kind of stuff we've noticed and, and all that good stuff so uh here's the first thing i want to talk about how much the market has adjusted to teams based on the preseason expectations we had for them acknowledging that i think pretty much everyone right now the blues have been the straggler they're up to four games now the sharks are up top playing eight games so far so everyone's played at least around five or six games um how quick is too quick in terms of like adjusting our priors and accepting what we're seeing so far this season
1: so I'd be lying if I said I didn't make little weeks, uh, you know, in the early parts of the season. But for the most part, I'm lying totally on my, on, on my preseason projections to make predictions now. Um, and a good example of that was on Monday, the Washington Capitals played the, the New Jersey Devils in New Jersey. Um, and when I originally saw the odds, for this game, uh, the 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 Devils were listed as a, a minus one twenty five favorite. We didn't know who the starting goaltender was uh, for either team, but mo- more importantly, the Capitals with uh, the drop off from Darcy Kemper uh, to Charlie Lind- Lindgren. Yep. Um, but uh, you know, w- with that on, un- even with that unknown, I I had to do a double take. I thought the odds were backwards. Um, and that's for me because I, I had Washington, as you know, pegged as the second-best team in the Metropolitan Division. Not really trending in the right direction uh, so far over the, you know, the first couple of weeks here. Um, no, nothing has happened yet. I don't think we've learned enough about any, any team really um, you know, to, to kind of uh, do an about-face on, on any preseason predictions just yet. Um, but uh, I see that, 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 that opportunity, and I do have some concerns with, with how the Devils have been playing uh, and whatnot, they're you know grading out as one of the best teams in the league, um, you know through the lens of a lot of modern hockey statistics, expected goals, they're right up there at the top. Um, but but I'm I'm relying on my pl- priors totally, and and that's why I, I maybe had a little bit of a tougher time reading the market because I do think um, the market is a little bit quicker to react than than I am. But uh, in my experience, I think it's it's best if you um, you know give yourself ten to fifteen games. Before you you start to um, you know draw, jump to any conclusions or draw, draw any, any real, real insight from from what we've seen over over the, the course of the season so far?
0: Yeah, I was going to say there. I think statistically you'd ideally like to see somewhere between 20 and 25 games in a best case scenario, just to feel confident about the, the size of the sample you're working with to make sure, sure you're, you're ironing out. but But the point I wanted to make was I feel like you know sometimes you just don't necessarily have the luxury. Of sitting back and yeah. waiting for twenty five yeah. games to confirm. Otherwise, you're going to be late to the party a little bit, or you're going to miss out on some great opportunities.
1: Totally, yeah, you're 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 exactly right on that. Um, and y- there's a balance there. Um, everybody's a little bit different. Uh, for me, um, you know, I, I'll I'll um, act a little bit quicker on on some teams that like we talked. I think we we, we talked about how you know heading into the season um, the last time we, we chatted about this. Um, you know, there are certain teams that you're a little bit more confident in, uh, in terms of you know what type of team they are, your projection, uh, and then there are other teams like the Devils, for example, that you're you're not as confident in because of the the injury problems uh, last year, the goaltending issues, um, things like that. Um, so, it might be a little bit quicker to confirm that yes, this team is really good. I thought they were going to be uh, uh, one of the best teams in the league this year, and they are. Um, you know. As I might get a little bit more apprehensive to uh, to do that, uh, or to act a little bit quick with a team like Buffalo or New Jersey, but um, still, you've got to you got to stay on your toes, right?
0: Yes, definitely. The the second trend, or, or the second kind of idea that I want to bounce off you of here, is we know that scoring is gone up yet again, right? I believe teams are averaging just over three point two goals per game so far, which is the highest total we've seen since nineteen ninety three nine ninety four part of that is you know we have a league-wide average of of uh, 903 save percentage which is the lowest we've seen since 0506 when it was 901 and and that year should almost be thrown aside just because it was the year after the lockout and the league was enforcing all of these new rules where they were just artificially inflating everything with the amount now a number of penalties they were calling and we know that at the start of every season the referees really crack down on on everything and make sure they're calling everything just so they kind of set the boundaries of what's acceptable and what isn't and as the year goes along it becomes looser yet again especially as we trend towards the playoffs but I guess my question is part of that increase in scoring is there's some sort of like an effect you know along the lines of a a rising tide lifts all boats from a game environment where we're seeing the teams are never really out of it right we're seeing more uh, blown leads or teams coming from behind than we ever have in the past and so I guess from a it might be more from a live betting perspective in terms of when you're looking at games as they're happening, if a team jumps out to a quick two, nothing lead or a three, one lead or something like that, whether there's an opportunity to jump on that, or is it something that you also need to be factoring in before games are starting, acknowledging that this is almost an entirely different sort of game setting than we've really seen in the past.
1: Well, you definitely have to be factoring in the scoring aspect. I mean, if, if, um, you know, if you're handicapping a game and and trying to price a game uh, in the same manner that, that bookmakers do, um, which is what I do every day, um, you know, there's going to be a difference. So a team's chances of winning the game will, will be a little bit different depending on, you know, the expected numbers of goals in that game. So, you know, there's a big difference between a seven and a six and a half and a six, right? So that does change things quite a bit. And you have to be factoring that in. If, if I was, um, even if i had a pretty good handle on the the team strengths um you know uh, across the league if i was to handicap the the nhl in 2022 23 the way i did in 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 2020 um i would i would be behind because um you know because scoring is, is way up right so um that that's definitely something to take into account but you're right on the the um Leads, the rallies uh it's 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 definitely intriguing from a, a live betting uh, angle but um you know as a as a pre-game better I, I do most of my betting um prior to puck drop um it's, it's been pretty frustrating and my results have lined up uh, results as a whole across the league i think about 20 percent of the games so far have seen teams rally from a multi-goal deficit to uh, you know, win, uh, actually go on to win the game. And um, that's about the rate that at the teams that I've bet on have been blowing leads. So hmm. it's been been really frustrating uh, from, from that perspective.
0: Yeah, I believe uh, our pal friend on the show here, Cam Sharon and this was on Saturday, so there's been a couple days worth of games since then. But he had it at, there had been 50 uh, two-goal leads that have been taken in the first 40 minutes of any NHL game so far this season, and just under half of them, that trailing team had fought back tie tide at least at some point, uh, which kind of reflects that, that that yo-yo effect. But, you know, I think part of it is teams are generally playing faster. I think there's fewer shifts involving players who aren't at least some sort of threat to score. The increase in power plays to start the season. I think teams in general are just are playing more off the rush. Like you were mentioning the Devils there earlier. They're the ultimate team in terms of attacking off the rush, creating themselves, but then they're giving back on the other end of the ice as well. And so it's leading to more goals, leading to more goal changes i guess the the question that i have following up i was
1: gonna say that 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 really shows up here in in the market yeah the the devils and detroit red wings game is the only game on the board right now uh with a seven total right so
0: (laughs) yeah i i would i mean even that i feel like i i would need even higher to feel comfortable betting that under just because it feels like both those teams could you know the, the red wings are missing some offensive weapons up front but you know, these Devils games, I feel like any number of goals you could tell me happen. And I'd be like, all right, that, yeah, that checks out both from, from them scoring themselves and also what they're conceding. But I guess the question for me is, you know, is this change now, if this is kind of the new norm, is this finally going to be what forces teams to play less conservatively, especially when they go up early? Like a, a point of contention for us for so long has been this idea of score effects in terms of teams taking their foot off the gas pedal going up and then all of a sudden changing the way they play where whether it's you know they're 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 changing their deployment where all of a sudden playing more defensively oriented players and not necessarily playing their top guys or kind of just dumping the puck changing trying to block shots and basically do it all over again as opposed to just playing their natural game i wonder if a net positive for all this beyond the fact that it's fun when there's a lot of goals and it feels like a game is never over if it could kind of trickle down to all right, now teams are actually going to acknowledge that a lead isn't safe when you're up halfway through the second period and you actually just need to keep playing your way. And I think if that is the case, I'm, I'm still skeptical that it will be because teams are so rooted in their ways. But if it is, I think that would be a huge boon for the NHL.
1: I'm, I'm extremely skeptical that there will be uh, you know a wholesale change uh, when it comes to trying to clamp down multi-goal leads. Um, I think it's... Uh, like you said, it's just such a different game now uh, in, in that respect and, and I think that the, that the players and the teams feel that. I mean, I, you even saw uh, on Monday in New Jersey Washington went up by uh, four goals, 5-1 after 40 minutes and they really took their foot off the gas uh, in the in the third period. Of course New Jersey made the goaltending change uh, the, taking uh, Mackenzie Blackwood out, putting Vitek Banachek in um, and, you know, I, I, I tend to think just on a kind of you know, ISAT's level, I think that gives a boost to a team a lot of the time. Your coach is telling you, hey, this game isn't over. I'm putting the backup in for our, our, our second goaltender in for a reason. Uh, and I think you, you do get the juices flowing a little bit. But um, being down four goals at the start of the third, they scored uh, two relatively quick goals. And you can you can see that the, there's life in, in the team, in the building, um, where that probably wouldn't have been the case, uh, you know, a, a decade ago, even, even cutting a four-goal lead in half wouldn't have really wouldn't have really got things things going because um you know we were still sort of in that golden age of goaltending right and I don't think we're we're in that anymore obviously and and I think that has uh really changed the the attitudes and um you know maybe maybe I've I've always felt that the regular season because it's it's the regular season and when you're down by maybe not two goals but three four or five goals um to 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 be in you know incentivize yourself to really lay it all out there like you would in the playoffs um but with the the game changing like it has i, I definitely think there could be a, a shift you know that, that hey we're not out of it so you could see a lot a lot more of this in the future for sure
0: yeah i I would love that i i you know the nhL It's the focus of the show, obviously, and so we kind of harp on it, but I think it applies to every sport. Like Yesterday I was watching the Monday Night Football game, and I was down big in my fantasy football matchup, and I had Justin Fields, the Bears quarterback, left, and I was like, all right, I need a real real long shot here. I mean, a huge performance from him and he comes out in the first half and he puts up all these points and it kind of gives me a sense of hope, but because the bears were up, I was almost drawing dead because the entire second half was just handing off the ball and running out the clock. And I felt like there was an actual, you know, you can, uh, my projection when, at halftime was actually giving me, you know, some of that hope, but what it wasn't factoring in was the scoreboard and the fact that they had no real incentive to actually, you know, keep up with their normal output. So it was just basically the type of game setting I was drawing dead at that point. And so, yeah, I felt that frustration of kind of how those score effects can affect things.
1: Yeah, the game, the game script matters. What it, regardless of of what sport you're you're betting on or, or playing, you know, whether it's fantasy sports or sports betting, uh, the game script definitely matters how how things play out.
0: Um, all right, next topic I've got: waiting on regression. So you know, we see a team like the Minnesota Wild, for example, and and um, me, you, and Dom talked about this the first time we we spoke, and we were you know we were pretty optimistic about, or at least I was, and I think Dom was as well as the number one Minnesota Wild fan. We were optimistic on Minnesota's outlook this season on the fact that they'd be just fine after losing Kevin Fiala. And so far this season, it's pretty clear that defensively they haven't been able to, to stop anything. They've given up 27 goals against in just five games. Now, the logical part of your brain is looking at that and saying, okay, well, they have an 846-8 percentage so far. Those 27 goals they've given up have been on around 17 expected goals against worth according to natural statric so even if they are suddenly the worst goaltending team and and, and mark andre Fleury is is completely done and you know they're going to miss cam talbot badly you'd still look at that and go okay logically no one's going to finish with an 846a percentage so we should be expecting this to turn around and you kind of want to be along for the ride while they have these performances that eventually kind of right the ship and get those numbers back to normal at the same time watching this team it really feels hopeless on a nightly basis right now that that that's going to happen in real time like it'll probably happen over a longer stretch of games it's not just going to happen with back-to-back shutouts most likely but um you know I, I guess that that is a an interesting component of this The, the sort of the rational perspective okay then these numbers have to rebound whereas the the bias perspective of watching these games and feeling like it it won't happen
1: well yeah and you know i i i feel that the market really hasn't come come down too hard on the wild yet. I, I mean, I think I think um, I think the, the the betting market as a whole um, probably has a similar outlook, uh, similar mindset when it comes to you know where this team is going to go. Um, things aren't going to be this bad forever. But um, I still think, from a betting perspective, if you're trying to to you know look at things like that, it's 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 like a dangerous game to be playing because they're still being priced. Uh, on a game to game basis as if they are an elite team and maybe they are, but um, you know, if this continues the spiral, uh, it's a, it's uh, a good way to go broke, I guess. (laughs) Um, But uh, maybe, maybe, um, you know, I'm I'm sure Dom is is going down with the ship. I know know he, he was, he was really high on the, on the wild, but I was, I was kind of, I guess, his medium on them uh, neutral when, when, you know, comparing to the, the betting market. Um, And, when I when I think back on it, like I really have a hard time explaining. Other than, hey, my model says this. I really have a hard time explaining like why the wild are projected to be so much better than everybody else outside of Colorado, right? In the in the Central Division. So, um, you know, in, I
0: guess on
1: a on a gut feel level, I'm I'm really not surprised to, to see this, especially um, you know with what we've seen at Marc Andre Fleury the last little bit. So, um, I I'm really, really like I don't ever lock myself into betting only betting against the team, not betting on them. Like I'm not like that, but uh, the wild are one team that I'm kind of only really looking to bet against right now, given the, the way they're being priced uh, on a game to game basis and their, and their goaltending issues and their, their underlying metrics, which, which are not, not strong. Um, they're, they were a top defensive team for, you know, as long as, uh, as long as we can remember. And, uh, and now they're not. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes, but um definitely concerned right now, especially when you've got to get in the game on a game-to-game basis.
0: Well, here's the thing. 27 goals against over any five-game sample is pretty extreme and worrying. I do wonder how much of it is the fact that these are the first five games. Um, you know what I mean? Like, if this was happening in the middle of the season, let's say they were going along their normal trajectory... I think it'll be much easier to kind of chalk this up as okay well this is just yeah. kind of a weird whether it was schedule based or whether it was okay you know they haven't been practicing much or this and that there's any number of excuses you can make whereas you know you come out of the gate and this is the first performance we have and it goes back to that conversation where we were saying okay how many games do we need before we feel like we can discard our priors and buy into this as the new reality for this team i'm still not there yet just because i feel like there's just no way that they're going to be getting 846 save percentage from their goalies the rest of the way. And they're going to be this bad with the personnel they have, acknowledging the the losses they had over the off season. It still feels like there has to be some sort of middle ground and considering how much they're producing offensively themselves. I feel like that is much more sustainable. So I feel like there, there has to be some sort of turning on on the corner here. And I think it will happen.
1: Oh yeah. I, I I agree with you, but things, um, you know, from, from a gambling perspective, Um, you look you look at where they sit in terms of uh, even strength shot at 10 percentage and even strength expected goal share uh, according to evolving hockey they're right there with the canadians so they're in montreal playing the canadians on tuesday um i don't i don't think the canadians are a good bet but i certainly don't think the wild are a good bet up around minus 200 um in that range right uh given that they're not Playing anywhere close to that that minus two hundred team, especially uh, on the road, and you know Montreal, despite the, the you know kind of up and down start that we've seen out of them, they they were one of the best offensive teams in the second half of last season. So there there is some some good stuff here, right? So so this, this is the type of game that definitely worries me, uh, just just kind of on a on a gut feel basis. Um, but then I, I check my numbers and and wild while there might be like some. Maybe small value uh, on them on a game to game basis in situations like this. Uh, it's just really hard to lay those big numbers uh, with a very little return coming back, right?
0: Have you been getting a, getting involved in any uh, Coyotes action so far? Because I know I know they were sort of a trendy. I, I, I think part of it was just you know being involved in the bit, and it worked out obviously when they wound up beating the Toronto Maple Leafs which was the only one they've had so far this season. Um, you know they've been outscored 26 to 13 in their five games and they have a 31% expected goal share as a team so it it as bad as that goal differential is it it almost feels earned at this point um you know it, see, watch watching the games there was the game against the Ottawa Senators i believe where they come out and similar to the Canadians' game as well, where it starts and instantly right off puck drop, you just you just know the game is over. I I think there's going to be some stronger performances, especially um, you know once they get back at home, and and, and we'll see how that uh, whole mice advantage plays for them this season. in this such a unique setting, but. Um, I am always curious about that because I've had a lot of discussions with our pal Rob Pazzola about this over the years in, in terms of, you know, when your when your model or when your when your projection for a game says, okay, this line is just too good. Um, you know, people are either so down on this team or, you know, it, it just feels like I gotta jump on this because the odds say so. But then you're looking at it and you're thinking, Okay, do I really wanna be stuck? Uh, with a serious investment here on this Arizona Coyotes team acknowledging what they've looked like so far this season and the fact that I could wind up regretting it like literally as soon as the puck drops
1: yeah I, I think there are definitely methods that would lead you to believe there's value on the Arizona Coyotes in every single game I know there are hockey handicappers out there that you know can't kind of get past that 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 70% threshold or whatever it is. Right. And and they can't fathom a team being um, as big of a favorite as some of these teams are uh, over the last couple of seasons. But, you know, it, it's a team like Arizona, you're tough, but like, I think you've, you've got to pick your spots. Um, they've, they've won one game out of the five this year, but they, they, they made, made, their backers so much money in that spot against Toronto that <laughs> even if you had bet a hundred dollars on every game and lost the other four, you'd still be up 25 bucks right now. Right. Like, so that's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's the kind of, you're only going to win what some 20 games this year. And that's probably I- extremely generous, yes. right? Like, I don't know. Um, so uh, if you're, if you're, if you're betting on the coyotes often, you're, you're going to lose often. You're going to cut into that, that potential profit, but there definitely are spots they can sneak up on teams and, you know, maybe they won't be the, the most obvious ones where it's a, Hey, this team's on a back-to-back and they're playing Arizona that's they've, and they've had a couple of days off and, and things like that. But, you know, maybe they can sneak up on a team that might be looking past the Coyotes onto a, a stretch of, of three or four tougher games that are coming up and, and things like that. Like the Maple Leafs probably were, uh, or probably are all, all too often. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there's a fine line between you know finding that value and and just just throwing throwing uh, you know what at the wall and hoping something sticks every 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 second night,
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess you know tying it back to our initial conversation about it feeling like okay, no no lead is safe or at least this team has a chance at bouncing back here and getting back in this game, weirdly, it feels like with this coyotes team as as deplorable as they've been defensively. At least they, they have a little bit of fight offensively to them. You know, they scored those 13 goals in five games. It feels like with the, a team like the Sharks, for example— yeah, They've scored 15 times in eight games so far, and I'm surprised the total is even that high because watching these games, it's felt like pulling teeth at sometimes, just trying to see them create offense. And it's bizarre because they do still have some players there that, that are high-end offensive players, but as a team, as a collective, based on the way they've been playing, it's been such a rough watch so far. And, and if anything, it, it makes you feel okay less less certain that they can actually bounce back if they go down 2 nothing here, But at least with the Coyotes, there's a bit of chaos involved.
1: Totally, yeah, and and maybe the Coyotes are that team that that you want to keep an eye on in the in the, the live markets, right? I mean, um, well, I wouldn't uh, go that and,
0: far. And, let's not get crazy. No, I, I'm,
1: I'm just you know, I mean, it's it's hey, uh, it's it's I'm not I'm not gonna bet on the Coyotes very much. I'm just trying to be nice here. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, certainly. All right, Andy. Well, let uh, I've got another number of other topics here that I wanna get to with you um but i think we should take a break here and put a pin in the conversation and then when we come back uh we're going to pick things back up we're here with andy mcneil uh, on the hockey cast on the Sportsnet radio network All right, we're back here in the Hockey PDO cast with Dmitry Filipovich and my guest, Andy McNeil, today. Andy, um, I'll give you the option as the guest for, for what you want to talk about next. you want to talk about player availability and how it uh, impacts lines, especially for individuals, whether it's, you know, starting goalie or whether it is a star player being in and out of the lineup, home ice advantage, or officiating? I'll let you pick any of those three in terms of which one kind of moves the needle the most.
1: Oh, man, you're putting me on the spot. We could talk about them all, but... Um I will pick your the first one you gave me, the player availability yes. and how that impacts the market.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, g- g- give it to me. What, what What are your thoughts on it? Because I know. Um, you know, there's some school of thought that starting goalie doesn't necessarily, for the most part, matter that much. And you kind of want to jump on that line before. I know there's other people that get incredibly frustrated when they're waiting for the team to announce it, or especially if their shenanigans in terms of first goalie off the ice and who's starting and the team kind of withholding it until they come out before the game. Um, so, uh, you know, you could argue certainly that the starting goalie has the biggest impact on it. I know that in terms of skaters, especially for forwards, considering how little ice time they actually eat up. I think the impact on these lines is probably significantly less than a fan would think, based on how much they value that player's talents. Um,
1: for goaltenders, I think it's fine if you want to, as a sports better, if you want to um, go with the, the the idea that it doesn't really matter all that much who is in goal. Um, I know there are people out there that that think like that, but um, the market. Believes that it matters and you know because of that i like i made a, a a mistake uh on monday i bet the washington capitals um at around plus 105 maybe closer to plus 110 um assuming darcy kemper was the you know favorite to start uh in that game i knew it was a possibility that charlie lindgren could could get the start but i had such a big edge or a big perceived edge on the Capitals, that I had to gamble early and just hope for the best. And, um, of course, I, I, I didn't get the goaltender that I wanted. It was Lindgren uh, in goal on Monday, and the market moved uh, against me swiftly. So I, I could have gotten better odds uh, on the Washington Capitals against the Devils um, if I had waited. Um, but, um, you know, I think that's all the proof that people people need right there as far as, you know, why it matters um you know you might not think it matters but people that influence the odds on a on a day-to-day basis do and um you know your 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 betting will suffer if if, if you don't kind of respect that so um, i think goaltenders are, are definitely important there's a lot of anticipation out there on a day-to-day basis um i think i think people look ahead i know i do i look ahead um you know as much as as much as i can i think you know Tuesday was a, a good example with uh, with Tampa Bay playing the first half of a back to back against LA. They've got Anaheim on Wednesday. Um, I was I was hoping for Brian Elliott so I could you know have have incentives to bet the Kings as a home underdog before the the market shifted against or shifted towards them. Um, but it's going to be Vasilevsky, right? So you, you know like now the market knows that Brian Elliott will likely start on Wednesday and that will be reflected overnight. Into game day tomorrow, so everybody that's waking up tomorrow and realizing like, oh hey, Vasilevsky played last night. It's going to be the backup tonight. I'm going to bet the Ducks. It's already been priced in, right? It's it's you're too late. So there there's definitely a a huge um, you know level of importance to uh, to who's starting goal, whether you think so or not.
0: It's funny because you picked the exact same the exact two examples that I would have thought of for. Why it matters and doesn't matter from an actual perspective, <laughs> right? Like I, I would say that the, the drop off from Vasilevsky to Brian Elliott is about as extreme as you're possibly gonna find in the NHL, and it has been for a while now with with whoever Tampa Bay's backup goalie has been since they basically punted that position and and just spent the league minimum on it. Um, but I was gonna say that you know I would I would argue that the gap between Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren beyond I guess just name value and the, the Stanley Cup title run this past year for for Darcy Kemper and, and the contract they received this offseason, I, I know certain goalie evaluators are like, ah, yeah, the gap between them probably from a talent perspective at this point actually isn't that big. But but you're right in terms of the price you're getting and and the way the market perceives it. I guess you would have been better off if you just waited till till you found out.
1: I, I Charlie Lindgren was very lucky to only allow three goals in that that game versus yeah just for just for, Brad, just for Brad
0: just for Brad on a couple of Jack Hughes dimes and and that's kind of been a common theme for Jack Hughes so far this season.
1: But yeah. And as far as players go, um, I mean the the obvious candidates, they move the line a lot. Um, But, but you know, it's, it it matters uh, if, if um, the the market moved really, really uh, swiftly against the Pittsburgh Penguins when, um, when, when it was announced that Jake Gensel was going to be out uh, over the weekend. So um, you know, he's, he's maybe not necessarily a superstar, but he still moves the market, uh, pretty significantly and, uh, enough that it would, um, you know, uh, I, I still bet the Penguins and one, it was the night that they played the Blue Jackets. Um, but, um, but I, I definitely, I definitely think that, uh, it was, it was pretty surprising just to see how, how much the market moved.
0: Well, let's, let's take the Buffalo Sabres for, as an example here, or, or as kind of a thought exercise. So. You know, If you've been on the Buffalo Sabres so far this season, you have been incredibly profitable because they've done remarkably well, especially in, in settings that you'd think they wouldn't uh, going on the road through Western Canada. Now, I just did a full deep dive on them on, on the most recent PDO cast, so I don't necessarily want to regurgitate everything here. Yeah. But I do think from this angle, it's an interesting thing to consider because they're down essentially two top four defensemen. Now they're Matias Samuelson and Yeheni Yoki Haru, who, if you were to pick from a name brand perspective, or in terms of what the maybe the market or what the consensus would think, are the least kind of glamorous or least needle moving players on that blue line. But the trickle down effect of that is now all of a sudden, you know, you have Ilya Lubushkin jumping up to the top pair to play with Rasmus Dahlin. You have Jacob Bryson going from a third pair role, which he's much better suited for, to all of a sudden now having to play significantly tougher minutes alongside Owen Power in the top four. And and this is where you get into that issue of of what uh, depth or what injuries can do to the depth from the perspective of okay now all of a sudden players need to move up the lineup and maybe the the position they were well suited for in terms of their skill set before now they're getting stretched a little thin and then, and then I, that's where I think you can get into danger as a team now I'm,
1: I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I've been making bank on the Sabres since the season started I haven't uh, but if, if if you did bet $100 on all five Sabres game uh, you'd be up $583 right now. That's, that's pretty good. Right. So um, I, I think, you know, it's, it's um, you, you've got to, you've got to kind of see what happens with America here with teams like this, like Buffalo caught everybody off guard. There was the potential for them to be very, very uh, you know, in, in, in an interesting team this season. Um, I, I talked to some people prior to the season that were really, Really adamant on them being, you know, filling that kind of under underdog role like the Senators have in, in years past and, and, and whatnot. But um, they, they go on this incredible run through Western Canada. I got them on the tail end. I was able to best them to beat Vancouver on Saturday at plus 165. Um, on Tuesday morning, sportsbooks were listing them at even money. Uh, in Seattle versus the Kraken, meaning you you win one dollar for every dollar that you bet on the Sabers, and that that like stuck out to me immediately uh, as a as a soccer bet. And my model confirmed those suspicions, and and so did the markets. That the odds moved towards Seattle throughout the day. Um, and like, don't get me wrong, I think this is a winnable game for the Sabers. But the, the the things that you mentioned, um, you know, the lineup, the lineup news, um, you know, regarding some of their their defensemen, um, it, it's just. It's just really not a great spot to be buying on a team like the Buffalo Sabers. Um, you've got to kind of know when to back off, and if you don't have a model or some kind of system to tell you when to back off, you really got to rely on your intuition um, and and kind of you know maybe compare the odds from game to game. Um, you know, is is Vancouver that much better than a team like Seattle that that they should have been priced uh, that much higher? I'm gonna go right? ahead and so, tell
0: you the answer to that is no.
1: Yeah, so um, you know, so when you see that that. You know that huge difference from one game to the next. It's it's a huge signal that the market has not only caught up to the Sabers, but probably uh, at this point is inflating uh, their odds of winning a given game. And so maybe you want to back off. And and sometimes it's going to be tough to do so. They might win a couple of games uh, or a few more games on this this little streak here, and uh, and you'll feel like you missed out. Um, but there, it's a long season and you don't have to continue to bet on the same teams over and over and over again throughout the season as a sports better. I think we're always like, if you're doing it right, we're always buying and selling teams. Um, you know, I, I don't, if I, if I think a team is undervalued, I'm going to bet on them. If I th- think that same team is overvalued, I'm going to bet against them. And, and that's, that's the, 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 the plan every single night of the season. Right. So, um, yeah, the Sabres are, are an interesting case. Um, if they continue to play like this, there might not be a lot of great opportunities throughout the rest of the season to bet on them. They might become a bit of an overrated team, right? So we'll see where it goes.
0: Yeah, is there, is there something to the idea of uh, teams kind of becoming trendier, or especially if they go off on a, on a streak like this where everyone seems to be kind of taking stock? I mean, I, I just did a full full pdo cast devoted to the buffalo sabers i've certainly taken stock I'm, I'm, I'm watching them and and you know my my take on it went well beyond just the, the wins and losses or what their the edge should be for their games it was more so okay i really like how these young players are playing the way they're looking they've been really fun to watch and it was more of sort of that but then you have a team like the flyers for example where they you know they start the year right. i believe four and one they just most recently um got shut out by the sharks so so that kind of put a bit of a damper on it but you watch the games and you're like okay there's no way from a true talent perspective where if you replay these games a hundred times, they're going to win four out of five of these based on the way they <laughs> played a significant percentage of the time, you know, they're coming back from behind um, they're, they're leaning on Carter Hart to a ridiculous degree where I think he leads the league and goal save above expected. All of their metrics are in the low forties. And so you're looking at that and you're saying, okay, you know, this team is exceeding our expectations because at the start of the year, I thought they might be in the race with the Blackhawks and and the Coyotes for worst team in the league. They're clearly going to be at least more competent than that. But the four and one is pretty clearly an outlier based on how good this team actually is.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you can look at it, uh, uh, like in a positive way and say, well, you know, they've had some, some pretty lousy injury luck even before the season started with Sean Couturier, um, and his back problems. Then, uh, Cam Atkinson hasn't been playing much. Um, now JVR is, is due for surgery. Right. So, um, that that that's you can look at it in the in a positive way like hey if they can continue to, to to you know pick up some wins and then they get their their best players back then maybe they'll be a competent team but um, you know as of right now the betting market does not care whatsoever the flyers uh, I, I shouldn't say that they, they, I, there's been a little bit of a shift but the flyers odds of making the playoffs prior to the season starting on October seventh were plus eight fifty uh, they moved roughly four and a half percent to around five to one um their odds of winning the division they're sitting in third place right now um and their odds of winning the division have went from 100 to one to 75 to one that's like one percent to 1.3 percent so it's you know there's 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 no worry at all on the on the part of bookmakers here i don't think any there's been any like shift in the perception of the team um but yeah i mean if you if you looked at it um if you, if you looked at the Flyers with, a, with an open mind, I guess, to start the season and maybe, maybe looked at some of the teams that they were playing as, as being overrated, uh, you, you might have done all right. I know there was people that, that came into the season like, with the strategy of, I'm going to bet on the Philadelphia Flyers because I really don't think they're going to be as bad as people thought they were, uh, thought they were going to be, and, uh, and, and that paid off for them.
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I, I, the only other teams here that I had a note on before we kind of got into a more bigger picture conversation about, um, you know, giving out picks and kind of talking about this stuff on on uh, a platform like this, um, you know, I had the Bruins because I remember I, I brought them up. I, I just didn't know what to expect from whenever you shift coaches, what amount of impact we should assign to that, um, and going from Bruce Cassidy to Jim, Jim Montgomery. Basically, it seems like there's been no difference and like you know their strong defensive numbers have carried over there's still an elite five on five team all their underlying metrics are passing the test so it seems like we kind of got our answer there and then you know i guess the inverse of that for the stars they did get a significant difference and it's a massive improvement it's exactly what we were hoping for where they've all of a sudden become a top 10 offensive team and completely unleash their players the way we were hoping we'd see so i guess we're kind of seeing both ends of that from how a coaching change can not really have much of a difference or actually make a significant positive one
1: yeah, I mean, I, I'm a little more optimistic about what I'm seeing at Boston uh, simply because, you know, they've still got two all-star players to, to bring back into their lineup. And uh, so, you know, there's some pretty good signs here that they're not even close to hitting their, their full potential um, off to a great start. But, you know, I, I don't really think we've learned much about any of the teams, like I said, um, and, and Dallas is, is kind of one that um, – i'm I'm curious about i wasn't high on them to to start the season and as i said i still rely pretty heavily on my my preseason predictions to make bets here at this point in the season so i'm on the bruins on tuesday it's a small bet it's nothing nothing crazy around minus 150 uh uh, you know like 75 to win 50 dollar kind of kind of bet. um and it's um it's you know not something I'm, i'm feeling great about but with 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 just where i had the bruins coming into the season even with the injuries and where i had the stars I, I i like the i like the boston bruins in this spot jake ottinger got the night off in ottawa um which probably explains why they lost to the senators and and you know he'll give them a good uh, a better chance of 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 winning a game on the second half of a back to back uh but um yeah i'm just i'm just not ready to to buy in here i think we've you know we've seen they 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 got the predators um Coming back from that European trip, obviously that was that worked out pretty well for them with a four-one to five-one win. Uh, then they get a win over the, the Jets, but then they head on, out on the road. They lose to, to the Maple Leafs. Um, you know they beat the Canadians. They lose to the Senators. Of course, Scott Wedgewood started two of those games, so that that has to be taken into account. But um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not entirely sold on, yeah. a, on a team like the, the Stars. That's for sure. I'm going um,
0: to push back on that. I think <laughs> I, I think we should we should be buying on the stars Um, just just because I I, I would say that unless, you know, you're without kind of irrespective of this upcoming game against the Bruins. Of course, I'm just talking about from a bigger picture perspective. I think, I think we can almost completely eliminate our priors for this team just because it's very clear that a lot of the issues with them in terms of deployment, in terms of how conservative they were whenever they got any sort of lead where they were the worst team in the league in that regard last year can pretty clearly be directly attributed to, you know, the coaching Rick bonus was doing for them last year. And Pete DeBoer comes in, and they've significantly overridden basically every single one of those things. They're playing an entirely different brand of hockey, acknowledging that it's five or six games or whatever. I just think, like from from seeing the way they're playing, I think what they did last year um, has nothing to do with this current team. I would say.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't go so far. I mean, I, 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 for me, like, I, 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 it's still not enough. I, I haven't seen enough here to. um to, to to you know, like to agree with you, right. I guess. Okay. Uh, we'll, 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 find, we'll
0: find out. We'll yeah, find we'll revisit it. it. Yeah, it's okay. Um, okay, one final thing here before we get out of here. I want to talk about kind of this idea of, of talking about picks publicly and giving them out. Um, not necessarily giving out picks actually, more so like you and I are getting together here. We're talking about some of these games. We're talking about some of the lines, kind of the, the trends and whatnot. And I think you could take it from two angles, right? I think I would hope that people listening to this are, are realizing that it's, you know, the two of us are just talking about sort of our feel for where things are headed or kind of things we've noticed and how to apply that into something actionable, as opposed to just, you know, completely tailing everything you're saying. Uh, do, do you ever get into that kind of uncomfortable, awkward space where you, you, you're sort of worried about, you know, who's consuming the information and then kind of what they're doing with it and whether you're culpable for that at all?
1: Uh, I don't feel culpable uh, because I think I've, I, I know my, I, I can look in the mirror and, and know that I've, I've carried myself with integrity, right. uh, you know, throughout my time in in the, the sports betting space. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't worry about that, but I do. Um, I, I, I'm, I mostly worry about the people that are consuming my, my content, not really, really thinking about it enough. Right. And and just kind of doing so um, carelessly. Right. And, and I, I think the, the, the biggest, the biggest challenge that I face on a daily basis, is trying to find a balance between giving out picks and, and talking about the bets that I make, um, you know, and just, just sharing general betting advice and, you know, talking, uh, uh, about philosophical, uh, things and, and whatnot. But, um, I, the biggest challenge is just trying to, uh, trying to kind of temper expectations because like for me, one of, one of my biggest attributes as a, as a gambler, as a sports better is that I'm, I'm not a degenerate I'm not doing this just for action and I'm not like bashing anybody that does if, if you're responsible with it and you like and you just simply like having that extra little bit of rush added to your, your viewing experience that's cool like that's you do you right but I can go three four days without making a bet. um you know if I don't feel like I have a, a, a big enough advantage um then you know there there's I'm, my attitude is totally let the good bets come to come to you. Right. Yeah. So um, I think that once you get into the content business, there's this pressure on you to produce picks all the time. And, um, you know, for example, Tuesday, there's 10 games. Uh, I had two bets on Monday, uh, both of them won. just saying, but uh, and uh, I, I had two bets on Monday in, in a, in a six game slate. I've got a small bet on Tuesday. That's it. I monitored some other things. Like I said, I was Maybe considering betting on the Los Angeles Kings mm-hmm. against the, the Tampa Bay Lightning if Brian Elliot uh, got that start, but that didn't happen, so I didn't. Um, you know, I'm a patient guy, I, and a lot of people aren't, so um, it's hard to elaborate that on, uh, uh, elaborate on that on a day to day basis. And I don't think right. everybody that reads my stuff necessarily uh, picks up on that, but I do try to remind people like a lot. There's there's thirteen hundred and twelve. Uh, regular season games you don't have to bet them all you don't even have to bet every day um i think that's like the 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 biggest thing like um if you're doing this just for fun then you should really be you know mindful of of um you know the the your average bet size the you know how how things can add up quickly and, and whatnot so just kind of be be mindful of that but um for me i mean the fun is trying to make money right and and it's no fun uh losing money so i'm not i'm not looking to make bad bets and and if i don't feel there are any good bets to make on a day i'm i'm fine going about my day or preparing for the the you know the next day's games right so um a lot of people aren't and i think that's the the biggest challenge with with making content um i i for me i I take most of for the most part i take a a kind of like a a top-down approach now i started at the bottom i built I built up my process for doing this on a day-to-day basis and I'm always trying to tweak it and whatnot, but, um, you know, I'm at the point now where I can kind of, kind of just like sit back and I know have a pretty good idea where the odds should be for, for most games. And, and I can just find good bets in that way. And like I said, you've got to be, you've got to be patient. You've got to, you got to be doing this every day. And that's, that's kind of, uh, Kind of hard to get across to people, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I think for myself personally, um, like I, 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 think I find it very important to follow the market because I think the way that Vegas handicaps certain situations can be, you know, highly instructive or revealing for us um, as analysts. I, I think there's a lot of actionable information in there. You know, I can, I know, I get it's not for everyone, but I think if you're just entirely ignoring it, you're you're missing out on valuable intel. I, I personally much prefer the fantasy space because I think that you know, kind of noticing those deployment or usage or skills changes especially on a player to player basis it allows you to kind of get a jump on that and take advantage of and i think we've sort of seen uh uh proliferation or in the popularity of shot props uh, as well for players and and kind of filling that gap in the market but i, I think all this stuff is really yeah. interesting and um i, I think there's a, a lot of valuable stuff to to, to kind of mine from it i just i just wanted to you know get your thoughts on that because i think it's always curious to see kind of how people approach this and what their headspace is about it
1: yeah and 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 one of the thing one of the big reasons why i i focus almost solely on just predicting game outcomes and, you know, who's going to win money line bets is because those are so widely available. Every sports book has those bets and every sports book has, you know, pretty similar odds when it comes to those bets. If you're getting into shop props and things like that, which I've done in the past, it hasn't gone well for me. I know some other people have done well, um, but they've kind of got to make it I feel like those people have made it that like that's their thing. Like yes, that's all they man. do now. And, and maybe that's, 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 that's a good thing for them. Um, I can't manage it all. Um, like I said, that that requires me to take like a bottom up approach every single day. And that's, that's tough when you're all already doing so much. Um, but yeah, the shop props are tough uh, player props in general. They're great markets to handicap. Uh, and it's where I would, suggest retail or uh sorry recreational better stuff uh yes. maybe um if you're really trying I mean, to just find from a fun edge. perspective
0: it probably seems like the most yeah. fun thing to kind of follow if you're watching a game
1: totally yeah and i think i think the the variation throughout the market like being able to pick off really good prices if you can shop around and find different you know different odds at different sports books for different players or for the same players sorry um you, you can see some pretty big discrepancies uh so I think it's totally interesting, but as far as like giving the, the, that stuff out on a day-to-day basis, I find it's tough because the, the stuff's not widely available. A lot of times when I did give out shot props, people would say like, Hey, I checked my sports book and they don't have this. Mm, right. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one.
0: All right, Andy. Well, this was a blast. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Hopefully the listeners got something out of it as well. Um, let them okay. know where they can check you out and kind of, uh, you know, where your work's at
1: yeah i'm on I'm on twitter at digital gambler um and uh my daily content is over at vison dot com it's a twenty four seven sports betting network i've got my little little corner there where i do my uh daily betting market reports uh break down every game uh like i said i i handicap every game i might not necessarily have a, a pick on every game or every day but um but i i i, I share everything i do um, throughout the week and and track all of my plays on a on a great uh app called called best
0: stamp hmm. love it all right pal well we're definitely gonna have you back on here soon and, and check in again uh, in the meantime the listeners can help us out by going and hitting the five-star button wherever they listen to the show and we'll be back tomorrow with a, a spicy one we're having uh, our pal satyar Shah in studio to talk about this canucks team and the season they're having so far so uh look forward to that here on the pdo cast on the Sportsnet radio network